Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in to Talks with Tatiana. On today's episode, I will be talking about the Black historical event of Black Thursday at the University of Florida, discussing the power of protesting against racial disparities and racial issues in education. all had a great week and just got stuff done and was just overall able to relax. Um, I know my week, like it went okay. I felt very exhausted and burnt out. Um, and I had like a little bit of a COVID scare because I just really wasn't feeling good, but I think I was just really stressed out. So I think my body just kind of like shut down for a second. Um, but I think it was also to just like the weather and my allergies and everything, but my test came back negative, thankfully, so um, everything is good and I'm feeling better, kind of just trying to get through everything, but um, I'm just, yeah, currently trying to maintain my sanity and just get some rest. Um, but for today's episode for my Black History Month series, I had wanted to talk about protesting for Black people and um, racial issues in education um, because that's just such an important part of our history and it's still happening today. And so I wanted to highlight that um, I didn't want to let this month go by without talking about it. And I wanted to first just touch on the protests that became known as Black Thursday at my school, the University of Florida. And um, I think I'm like so passionate about it now since I wrote my first published article on it for um, a local Gainesville newspaper. And the article just talked about the Black Thursday exhibit that opened in one of our local history museums. And it was such an honor just talking to people like the curator of the exhibit. But I also um, got to talk with one of the people that protested there. Her name is um, Betty Stewart Fullwood. And I just thought it was such an amazing and unforgettable opportunity to talk with someone who was a part of something so important in our history. I feel like it's not every day or often where you get to talk to someone who experienced, you know, things that happened um, back in like the 60s and 70s and stuff and just um, getting to hear what they went through and experienced back then because I mean we still protest and stuff now but as we know like it was a lot different kind of back then. Um, and I recently went to see the exhibit in person and it was really, really well done. I love it. I'm not like a museum type of person. I don't really find museums to be the most fun place, I guess, per se, but this was really good. Like, this was really, really good. Um, and it, it kind of just took you through that time period. Like, it didn't just talk about the Black Thursday protest that happened at UF, but it really just took you through Gainesville in general like in that time period and it was just really mind-blowing just to see the images because it's like now living here now like it's just it's like wow this is the racial atmosphere that it used to be and um, it, it really took you through the racial issues that were still occurring or are still occurring like at UF and in Gainesville but also back then as well 
And one of my favorite parts of the exhibit was there was this um, interactive station where you could sit down and hear interviews from people who were a part of the Black Thursday protest. And it was just so much raw emotion in their voices. And it really just showed me that even decades later, it really had an impact on them. Um, and so I really, really like that the interactive portion, just being able to hear their voices. I feel like it really completed the exhibit because it was like, yeah, it included quotes and stuff from people, but just to have their actual voices from interviews being included as well was just really impactful, I feel. And um, one particular quote that really, really stood out to me was from a black woman who was attending the University of Florida at that time, and she needed like some help or advising or something. And the university wouldn't provide that for her like they did for the white students. So um, they tried to push her away from even attending the university anymore. And her name is Evelyn Moore Mickle. And she started, um, she stated these exact words in her interview for the exhibit. So she said, they coached it this way. They said, we feel that you would probably do better in an environment where there are more like you. Not one time did they offer me any tutoring, not one time, but they did invite me to go someplace else to finish my education. Now, I didn't invite myself to the University of Florida. I was extended an invitation. Now the same people who extended me an invitation also extended me an invitation to leave. And so I just thought that was like a deep quote because that's so true. Like it just holds a lot of substance because the university invited her and sent her a letter of acceptance and now they were pushing her away. So I feel like that quote she said just really shows that black people should belong in all spaces and to not let people take away our invitation that they gave us to represent our blackness just because they don't want to give us fair and equal treatment. Um, I feel like she made such a good point and it was just such a power um, statement because it's like if you're going to extend out an invitation then it should include um, being able to be treated just like the white counterparts I have that were extended an invitation. So um, I really, really liked how she worded that. Um, and I'll also share like more quotes and like takeaways and stuff I got from the exhibit um, a little later in the episode, but I had just wanted to give a little bit of a backstory first about what Black Thursday is at UF. Um, so nine times out of 10, um, even if you are a student or like a faculty member or, or like an outsider or just whatever, you will not hear about Black Thursday um, at UF. Like you will not hear about it because it's a history that UF has definitely tried to sweep under the rug. You will, um, you really have to be in a certain place to really hear about it. Cause I heard about Black Thursday right before I started my first semester as a freshman through this orientation program that was specifically for Black incoming freshmen. And I'm forever grateful that I went to that because I got to be surrounded by people that look like me and understand the black culture and it let me know that I had somewhat of a safe space on campus with them because black students here at UF only make up about six percent or so of the student population 
And back when Black Thursday occurred, there was only about maybe um, less than 200, maybe about like 300 or so Black students. So um, it's just really important to make sure when at these type of predominantly white institutions that you find your type of people and that you find your voice and belonging. Um, but Black Thursday, so, um, okay, so it took place on April 15th, 1971. Uh, I feel like I'm so proud because I remember a lot of the details from like when I did my interview. So I was like, I, I have it down this time. <laughs> but yes, so Black Thursday, it took place on um, April 15th, 1971. And it was on a Thursday, of course, so hence the name Black Thursday. And this is also why our Black Student Union meetings are held on Thursdays. Um, but on April 15th, 1971, there were Black students who marched to um, UF's administrative building with um, a list of demands for the president at the time, Stephen O'Connell, to look at. Um, and Betty Stewart Fullwood, um, one of the ladies I interviewed, um, she was a part of the protest that occurred later on that day and she told me when I interviewed her for my article that at first it was just like a list of suggestions and like speaking points about creating equality and spaces for black students and stuff and they just wanted Stephen O'Connell to look it over but then he refused which is what led it to becoming a list of demands and so I feel like that's like such an important thing to really um, take note of because I know um, it can come off as like Oh, these students try to tell their president a list of demands when really it definitely started out as just like suggestions and like, you know, speaking points and just really genuinely wanting to have things become better. But then when he didn't listen, they really had to put their foot down. So um, she said that it led into a list of demands instead of suggestions when he refused. Um, because, yeah, as Miss um, Stewart Fullwood said, her and many students just felt tired of axing. And that's actually what the exhibit is titled. Um, it's like, we're tired of axing um, Black Thursday. So, um, yeah, like she stated that her and many students were just tired of axing and not getting anywhere. So they wanted to put their foot down and... Um, students, both black and white at this time, had tried three different times on that day, three um, on that day to just really meet with Stephen O'Connell so he could review the demands and he just kept refusing each time. And the protests were just leading to arrest and just some very intense scenes with the police. Um, 123 black students, including Betty Stewart Fullwood, withdrew from the university after their president refused to just at least acknowledge them and their concerns. And um, one of the things I really loved about the exhibit was actually seeing um, Betty Stewart Fullwood's withdrawal like form because it was like, um, I think in the form it just stated that there just wasn't equal treatment and stuff and that was like her reason for leaving and many other um students reasons for leaving and just seeing the photo in the exhibit of so many of these black students withdrawing like it was just really just eerie like I was like wow that's just insane this and it wasn't that long ago like 19 71 is not that long ago so it just it was just really such a powerful yet like just sad scene to see in the exhibit um 
And so, yeah, they withdrew because of the refusal of um, an acknowledgement of their concerns and um, some of their demands, like they included many different things as well. Um, it included things like having a black institute um, for black students, which we now do have. And eventually back then there was one built too. Um, and we have one now here um, at UF and it's really, really nice. And I remember it was actually my freshman year, I think, where they reopened it and like had rebuilt it and everything and made it more like modern looking. And it's, it's really nice. And I remember they did the ribbon cutting ceremony and stuff my freshman year. So that was a great way to start off um, being here at UF. So, um, yeah, but back then they were trying to get the Black Institute um, for Black students to have like a space for them and um, paying Black faculty more. They wanted that. Um, they wanted more Black students to be admitted into the university because, like I mentioned, there were very, very, very few black students at the university um, and just things of that nature that white people were already receiving and they just wanted that same fair treatment. And I really liked what Miss Stewart Fullwood said. Um, she said that her and the fellow students that withdrew wanted to put their signature where their mouth was and um, because they just kept talking and many of the administrators didn't think that they would leave because they had been accepted into a prestigious university. And so back then they thought that was like a rite of passage. Like you're a black student that got accepted into a white prestigious university. Like you guys are not leaving. And so that's why she was like, no, we're about to prove that we will leave and we will just go somewhere else. So um, I just really thought that that was, yeah, that was such a power move for sure. Um, and they, they proved them otherwise, they definitely did. And when I was looking at the exhibit, I saw that some of them left to pursue other things um, or to attend HBCUs like FAMU because they wanted to be at a college where they were with people like themselves. And so I also really loved her take on how many people um, didn't think about um, people like the black athletes at the time I really liked how she highlighted that because I didn't think about that I feel like we don't really think about these different um smaller like groups of black people at the time and so she talked about people like the black athletes who had to endure being treated bad by white people on campus because they felt like they would never leave because they were on scholarship and playing at a d1 school so they felt like they they needed them um, and there was like even a quote from a black student at that time that was posted in the museum in this exhibit um, and his name was Ron Coleman and he stated um, I received so many different threats literal threats to my life simply because I was a scholarship um, or I had a scholarship as the first black athlete here at the University of Florida so yeah that just really shows that they were just treated really poorly, no matter what status, athlete, student, faculty, whatever it was. Um, and she also brought up people like black janitors and how white students would purposely leave a huge mess just for the black janitors to have to clean it up. And it really just opened my eyes because those are just perspectives and stories that you really don't hear of as often or that you think of as often because they're not 
usually the ones that are like the face or on the forefront of these protests and things that happened but just knowing and remembering like oh these were different groups of black people that did have to endure like a whole different perspective from the white people at the time um so that was just really interesting that she um brought that up and I also learned that Gainesville had many significant racial battles and issues that occurred. And so because of all those things happening in the community, it led into racism for students at the University of Florida. And when you really think about it, when there is a college um, and then, you know, college is obviously in a city. So whatever is happening within a city or even the country, honestly, it definitely trickles into the schools because it, that's just naturally going to happen. So if something major happens in your city, it's automatically going to, you know, students are going to talk about it and things like that at school, too. It's going to affect schools. So um, it really made a lot of sense when she talked about how because of all the racial issues in the community it definitely trickled into the university of florida and there were still like segregated restaurants and everything during this time like some that were right near campus at the time so that definitely probably played a big role in the racism on campus and that was also highlighted in the exhibit um i think like restaurants schools all of that were just integrating and letting black students and black people in general into white spaces like I think that was like freshly just happening in um during the time of Black Thursday so I think just that new um change in the world and in the community definitely played a huge impact on what was going on and um black thursday protests like they really made a staple at the university of florida like it just showed that black people had a voice and it showed the gainesville community as a whole that even if it was younger people like students they were black and they had a voice and um, was using it to try and make a difference and even some white people too were trying to help so it just showed that um, to the Gainesville community and other um, students at the University of Florida that you can be an ally and you don't have to sit around and allow people to get mistreated and um, it just really showed yeah that they had a voice and was just using it to try and make a difference and that could just serve as encouragement for black residents at the time outside of the university um, who wanted to use their voice as a black person to make a difference as well it definitely it set the tone I feel for sure um, and some more notable things from the Black Thursday exhibit um, that I got was this quote that said blacks are so few on campus they can identify only as black students to be black is to be different it sets you apart from the vast majority of students at the university and I just felt like that quote just showed that during that time it was few black people and because there were only so little of um them there they were outnumbered by their white counterparts which further shows why they needed to speak up for equality and change um and so a statement um also from the exhibit that Stephen o'connell said during that time who again was the president at the time of the university um he said i wouldn't wait one day to have demonstrators removed from a university from a university building and in response, the parents of black students who were arrested at the protest, they stated, President O'Connor, 
President O'Connell is unsympathetic to the needs of black students and black people. Um, and I, I feel like it just shows that Stephen O'Connell really couldn't have cared any less about what these black students needed and were asking for because he was just too stuck in the ways he thought things should have been going at the university. Um, and so as of now, I will say I love my school, but I definitely think there is more work that needs to be done to just help with racial equality and not just here, but all around the country. I think the first biggest step here is to just acknowledge and not shy away from talking about Black Thursday at UF and letting that be something that is taught to all students because it is an important and relevant part of our history here. It helped shape the UF into what it is now. And even as of 2020, when all the Black Lives Matter movements and stuff started again, um, UF saw a bit of a repeat of Black Thursday, but you know, not as intense, but our Black Student Union made a list of demands in 2020 for our president and also had a few protests as well. And I think with social media and like the internet now, that made a bit um, that made it a bit more effective. But there is still a lot of work that needs to be done. But I do love how there are allies and white students who are joining forces with Black people and just helping to be our voice when we're not being heard. Um, and even with things like UF taking away our Gator Bait chant in 2020 because Florida had a deep-rooted history of Black babies being used as Gator Bait. And, you know, even though many white people were upset about the change, it was an important one and a step in the right direction because we have to acknowledge all racist things if we want to just implement real changes, even if we have to start small. And so I hope many people will gain something from going to see the Black Thursday exhibit or even just researching it because it is such an unknown yet so important part of history. Um, and there is an online version of the exhibit. Um, of course, I feel like it's not as powerful as like the real one, but it is still pretty good. And um, it still has like all the same information as the real exhibit. It's just like not the same as actually walking around and like getting to see it and all the different components. But um, yeah, it can be the online version can be viewed at the Matheson History Museum website, which is mathesonmuseum.org. And that's spelled M-A-T-H-E-S-O-N-M-U-S-E-U-M dot org. Um, and if you want to see the article I wrote on it, it is on WUFT.org. And the article is titled Matheson History Museum to Open Black Thursday Exhibit by Tatiana White. Um, and yeah, and if you're near Gainesville or if you're super passionate about seeing it, you can always come to Gainesville, Florida and like just see it yourself in person because it's it's just a really nice museum altogether like they have another exhibit about like um women um trailblazers in the world and stuff and um they have like this whole like wall in the women trailblazer exhibit where you can write on a sticky note women in your life that were trailblazers and so I wrote like my mom's name and my aunt Cindy's name and like just wrote a little something about them and so now they'll for they'll forever be a part of that um museum Museum. and so I just think like you know it's a nice museum it's definitely different it um this particular museum um the purpose of it is to make 
underrepresented voices heard to let everybody in Gainesville know that they have a place within their museum so I think it's like super unique they did a really great job um but I also wanted to just kind of highlight uh, a little bit about just protesting in general too in this episode um because protesting it has evolved over the past several years and um, at first it was just always led to police violence and it was just dangerous and yes that still happens nowadays too but protesting can truly enact change especially if you have like peaceful protests and stuff um, and in 2020, there was a huge uptake in protests because there were several unfair black killings by police and white people. And um, these protests and initiatives created and shared online and through social media and stuff, it really highlighted major, major issues and helped some type of justice because people um, had really had enough. And it's just sad that we still have to keep protesting and just fighting for human rights. Um, but I really think Gen Z is going to be a part of the change. Like, I see so much potential in my generation. Like, we might get a bad rep sometimes and we might not be the most perfect generation, but we definitely stand for something. We really do. I will give us that. So, um, um, but even like, you know, um, issues that we're facing right now, um, as of just recent with the young black man, um, Deontay Wright, who was killed by the white police officer, Kim Potter, she only got sentenced to two years for murdering him. Um, and the rapper JT, she actually said that she got two years for committing fraud. So the fact that fraud and murder are getting the same amount of years, like that's, yeah, no. Um, and so, and I knew, I had a feeling that the verdict would be something like that because when she was found guilty, I don't know if you guys saw like the new mugshot she had took after she had um, been found guilty before the sentencing, um, it showed her smiling. Like she was smiling really hard and I was like, what? Like that's, something's off. I was like, cause why are you smiling that hard if you just got found guilty? So I figured like she must've been told something um, that made her have peace of mind and uh, I mean now it's evident that she was told that she wouldn't have to serve for a long time um, and it's just really frustrating because there's too many times we see innocent black people getting killed by white people and the majority of the time their consequences are short enough for them to still get to live a life and get another chance at life while the person they murdered will never get that opportunity again and what a lot of people fail to realize is even if a black person is caught doing something illegal or they're not complying or whatever, police training should have them be able to just arrest them without killing them. Um, and they're more than capable of doing it because they've shown time and time again that they can do it for white people. So I just feel like... It, it just needs to stop being a thing where they feel so intimidated by us that the first thing they think is to kill. Because if you can arrest an aggressive white person, then if a black person is being aggressive or not even doing anything at all, then there's no need to do the killing and the abuse and all of that. Um, 
and it's like it just really feels like the justice system works overtime to be against black people which is why as um, Betty Stewart Fullwood said we have to put our signature where our mouth is we have to continue to use our voice and represent our blackness in places all around and just represent it well um, and with pride our voice and our lives matter and I hope that we continue to have allies and just people um, come together because at the end of the day we are all human all a part of the human experience like we're more alike than different honestly like I don't think people realize that a lot I feel like social media kind of brings that um, to me because I'll see like something about oh do y'all remember back in the day or like in my childhood when we did this and like people from all different races can agree so we're really more alike than we are different and we're all a part of the human experience and I just don't understand why we can't all just enjoy that together um and we just deserve to have those equal and fair treatments and opportunities in life despite the color of our skin because that should not define us and our talents and just who we are as just people just as a human um, and I know I said I also um, have wanted to briefly touch on like racial issues in education as well because uh, I feel like that all of this kind of ties in together um, because you know Black Thursday happened at a college and it impacted the education these black students were trying to get so I just felt like I couldn't have this episode without addressing race issues in education. Um, there have been so many issues with race in school like everything from schools being segregated to black people not being accepted because they were black and actually black thursday was around the time when schools had just you know like i mentioned earlier integrated and started allowing black students into white institutions which further kind of explains the intensity of that situation um and now with education a lot of people try to say um, black people get better options because of things like affirmative action and how schools have to reach a certain diversity quota and all of that when in actuality it was proven you know that affirmative action is actually more beneficial to white women and a lot of the time I believe that there are truly just some incredibly smart and talented black people that really earned their spots where they are and it shouldn't be taken away from them um there's so many people like I can think of this one girl that goes here she's a black woman and she um is extremely smart extremely talented and like I just I'm always admired by her because like even though we're around the same age like I'm just like girl like you are so so smart and so talented so it's like people like that where I'm like don't you should not take that away from them as a just because they're black like they yeah we have we have it for sure so um and there's just also just been things lately like taking critical race theory out of schools and in Florida laws being passed about like quote unquote not making a white person feel bad about racism and just all types of stuff that is um, just really setting the education system up for failure um, for future generations and history just does not need to be forgotten about especially when we are still living in these same times history had 
um, our history can help us learn. It can help us reflect and do better. And by taking that away or trying to water it down to save people's feelings is only going to make us go 10 steps backwards. Um, but I, I had also wanted to add in here that if y'all didn't notice, um, my Motivation Monday, Truthful Tuesday, and Who Wednesday this past week were all centered around Black education themes to just show that there is a ton of Black excellence in education, even if others like try to hide it or invalidate it. Um, you know, history can't be erased, like it is what it is. So um, there is black excellence that was proven in history and even now. Um, and so my Motivation Monday, it highlighted the amazing poet and writer Maya Angelou. Um, my Truthful Tuesday highlighted how Xavier University, which is a historically black college, has one of the highest success rates in the entire country, getting their graduates into medical school. And for my Who Wednesday, I highlighted Martin Freeman, who um, became the first known black college professor in America in 1851. And I just feel like it is important to highlight those things because it just shows that there is black excellence and we deserve those opportunities to show it. Um, and overall though, like I just hope you all learned a little more about some hidden black history that needed to be highlighted and continues to be highlighted. And I just wanted to remind everyone that your voice matters and it can create change. Be the change you want to see in this world and never let someone or stereotypes or anything stop you from going after what you want because at the end of the day, who you are, how you make people feel, your talents and abilities are what matter most over your skin color any day. Now into the Let's Discuss segment. For this Let's Discuss segment, I thought it would be like just really fitting to talk about Judge Stephen Mickle. Um, so he was one of the first seven black students to integrate um, UF in 1962 and was the first to earn an undergraduate degree in 1965. And he was also the second black student to earn a law degree at UF. And in 1979, he was the first black county judge in Alachua County. And in 1983, he began serving as the first black federal judge in the first district court of appeal and later became the first black person to serve as federal judge in the U.S. District Court at the Northern District of Florida in 1998. Y'all hear all those first? Yes, <laughs> he definitely paved a way for sure. He was the first a lot of things. So that, yes. Um, and he unfortunately passed away recently in January 2021 and Gainesville recently named one of their courthouses after him. And so his accomplishments just really showed that despite racial disparities and things occurring around him like Black Thursday, he never gave up on what he dreamed of doing and he proved he was intelligent and that he was able to represent in all spaces as a proud Black man. Um, so thank you to Judge Stephen Mickle for being a part of Black history and showing that we can do all things no matter what our skin color is. And thank you to the University of Florida News website for providing more information about him for me to share with you all. 
Now into the heart to heart segment. The Motivation Monday quote of the week was, if you have only one smile in you, give it to the people you love. So I have wanted to include this um, for one because it was by Maya Angelou. And so she's um, a very, she was a very talented writer and poet. So I wanted to definitely have a quote by her be included within the Black History Month series. But also I wanted to include this quote because I feel like a lot of the time when we have to just, um, as a Black person, in America, it's really hard sometimes because we see all these protests, we see all these just black killings left and right. We just have all these hard things that occur um, in life sometimes. And so it's just sometimes it can be really hard to smile. It can be hard to just get through some days. But I just wanted to put this as a reminder that just giving that one smile to the people you love um, and just letting them know that, you know, I know we're going through a lot as individuals, as a race, you know, but it's okay to still smile. It's okay to be happy. Don't let your joy be taken away because there's so much to live for and there's just um, a lot of life out there and so many opportunities out there and greatness and things to be done and to be achieved and so um I had just I, I think I also needed this reminder too because life is really fragile and life is really short and I feel like these past few months life has definitely shown me that so um just you know even as hard as it may be just don't forget to at least break a smile for the people you love and um for the people that you care about That is all for today's episode of Talks with Tatiana. Please make sure to follow me on Instagram at Talks with Tatiana underscore on Facebook at Talks with Tatiana and on Twitter at Talk with Tatiana without the S after talk. Turn on your post notifications and please leave ratings, reviews and share with your friends. Until next time, remember, stay open, stay kind and keep fighting the good fight. Oh, 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 oh,